The beach hut was the only thing they couldn't agree on in the settlement. Rachel had the cat, Tim had the power tools. Everything else, including money, even though there wasn't much left, even after they sold the house, which was hardly surprising, was split straight down the middle. But when it came down to it, neither of them could bear to part with the hut. The thought of selling it was anathema, even though it would fetch a good price. They agreed they were grown-ups, and that, as the divorce was as amicable as a divorce could ever be, there was a logical solution. So, against both of their solicitors' advice, they decided they would share it, post-divorce. Six months each seemed tidiest, rather than every other weekend, so they didn't keep having to clear up for the other person. Anyway, Rachel preferred the spring, with its promise of new beginnings, while Tim liked the autumn water after it had been warmed by the summer sun. So, Rachel had it from January to the end of June, and Tim from July to December. And they pinpointed a weekend in the middle when they handed over and together made a list of running repairs and anything that needed to be replaced and divvied up the responsibility accordingly. It was important to each of them to keep this ritual. Neither of them could ever quite come to terms with letting someone they had once loved out of their life. And there was something comforting about touching base every year. They both still cared deeply for each other. It wasn't lack of love that had driven them apart. As soon as he saw Rachel this year, Tim knew. She had a glow, of course, but she always did after spending time at the beach hut, so that was nothing new. Her skin burnished to an even light caramel that contrasted with her white blonde hair. But there was something else this time, an aura, a certain serenity. She was wearing her hair up and a faded green dress that Tim remembered her buying. Its familiarity made his throat ache. She was packing away the last-minute bits of detritus to take with her, her favourite down pillow and her swimming things, piling them up into a cardboard box ready to take to her car. The crockery and glasses in the kitchen area were the same ones they'd got when they first bought the hut. Chunky blue and white striped plates they'd got in Ikea, with matching bowls and mugs that had come in a big white box, obviously marketed to students. Rachel had liked them because they were nautical. Tim had liked them because they were cheap. Surprisingly, none of them had got broken. There were still eight of each. Their crockery had survived, but their marriage hadn't. Looking now at the plates with their blue lines, Tim imagined another blue line, and the joy he knew Rachel would have felt on seeing it. He couldn't identify the feeling this gave him, because it was a cocktail of emotions, some razor-sharp, some duller. Shock, despair, sorrow. But also happiness on her behalf, because Tim wasn't an unkind person, far from it. They'd never seen their own blue line. Time and again, he could remember waiting, those few minutes interminable, while she lurked in the bathroom and came out, face bleak. He realised now he'd never really hoped to see one, that he'd always known deep down with some sort of sixth sense that it wasn't to be. As he stood there now, the hut suddenly felt very small. She couldn't quite meet his eye. She was babbling on about all sorts of inconsequential nonsense. She wasn't going to tell him, he realised, although she would have to at some point. After all, next year it would be blindingly obvious there would be another little being in the world. She couldn't keep that a secret. He would arrive here, 
and there would be tiny clothes and baby sunscreen and a bucket and spade. He couldn't expect her to expunge the presents before his arrival. No matter how hard she tried to hide it, there would be evidence. A sock under a chair, a sippy cup in the sink, a pack of baby wipes. She was smiling at him, uncertain. Her awkwardness was tangible. There wasn't an elephant in the room, he thought. There was an embryo. But it was the size of an elephant. Its impact was just as big. Let me carry that stuff to the car for you. He reached out his arms, anxious that she shouldn't overdo it. She hesitated.